Welcome to Homestead Story. We're Peter and Kristen. Join us as we share a new but old kind of family life. Hello, everyone. This is Peter and Kristen coming to you from our Maryland homestead where it is Thanksgiving week. Yes. Hi, everybody. Remember us? Yeah. <laughs> Peter and Kristen. Um, so we are so excited because it's Thanksgiving week and there is nothing like Thanksgiving on a homestead. That's it's true. It's like when the homestead is in its glory. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Especially in Maryland when it's like perfect fall weather. Yeah. So we've, Kristen likes to decorate. And so in past years, we've always had different types of decorations. We had fall decorations. I remember back to the early fall decorations and it was a lot of like stuff you would buy from a store, plastic and, you know, different things like that. And Kristen made, she decorated our whole front porch um, this year. And it was really cool because it was a bunch of pumpkins and, and squashes from our farm and a couple bales of hay, you know, which we have for the for the cows, and then and then a corn, corn stalks, stalks from our corn. You had some vases of zinnia out there. Yeah. It was just really cool because it's this huge display that a bunch of the neighbors were commenting on, but it was all real stuff from our house. Yes, Pete loves having real decorations, not like plastic decorations, but it's just so expensive, and it and it doesn't. You know, it only lasts that year. And with all the squashes and pumpkins and corn that we've grown, oh my gosh, my house, I mean, like literally there's pumpkins everywhere. It's <laughs> yeah. it's kind of ridiculous. And the kids like took them, take them away and play with them. They like yeah. have these pumpkin wars. I don't, I'm not yeah. kidding. Like they kind we of, were talking this morning. We were like, we kind of overdid this. No, I, we did not overdo the pumpkins. Yeah. We overdo, we overdid like the spaghetti squashes yeah. and things like that. But no, you can't overdue pumpkins that that is not a thing so dozens of them yeah we have pumpkins all over our house and um it's just so cool because i if i had tried to buy this stuff it would have been thousands of dollars in like fall decorations it just would not have been doable and um now we have them from growing them it's just remember that one time like when we lived at it before we were homesteaders we went pumpkin picking (laughs) And we didn't like look at the price of a pumpkin, so Oh yeah. Yeah. We like We went so we went down, they like take you on like you can walk down and you pick a pumpkin and we let all the kids pick a pumpkin. Yeah, of course they're gonna find the biggest one they can. Yes. And then we go and we you have to weigh them and then they pay by the weight. Yeah. And one of them it was like a fifty dollar pumpkin. No one pumpkin <laughs> that you pick at this pumpkin patch. <laughs> The kids already had them. There was no going back. Yeah, we couldn't say, like, never mind. We already picked them. So we like, spent like, what kind of hundreds pumpkin? of dollars on, like, six pumpkins or something like that. Yeah. And now we just have pumpkin. We're, like, swimming in pumpkin. It's just so fun. Like, yeah. I I just yeah. love. And then this year we had a surprise. Um, we had one. We have lots of, we have, like, a, a squash patch. But then in this one area, um, there was an area where I think I might have done these little Jack B. Little pumpkins. And then the year before. And then I think they cross-pollinated with a... Yeah, so the thing with squash and pumpkins is there's no true varieties. So so that means that whatever they whatever they pollinate with, who knows what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. And which is really cool. People go go land race with that in some, some neat directions and stuff, but we have so many different varieties, it's kind of like who knows what you're gonna get the next year. Well then yeah, not that year when you plant the actual seed, but the following year right. random things can come up. But we grew with the coolest looking pumpkins. They were the perfect size and they were kinda Ovally, but we don't know what they 
are. Yeah. So can't, one time only. It'd be cool if you could figure them out and be like the dog pumpkin special tea. Yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> I, we don't know how what it was or what it pollinated with. I don't even know how you go yeah. about poll- like how do people make a certain thing? How do they poll- well, you, pollinate? You take it by the hand? pollen from yeah, you hand pollinate oh. it, and you have to protect the flower so that. Oh. Uh, or or you only just have one variety, and then you know what it's going to pollinate with. Mm. But maybe someday we can try to figure out that it was the coolest pumpkin, and yeah. we never we don't know what it is. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So it's just awesome here with all of our decorations and then all the scenery of cows and chickens and yeah. trees in the forest. Well, and so much of modern life, I mean, we've, we talk about this all the time, but so much of modern life is so artificial in so many ways. And it's just another one of these things. Fall decorations become just part of real life, not artificial life, which yes. is cool. So I'm, we're just, I'm just so excited for Thanksgiving and the fires and the ambiance and all of that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. So today what we want to talk about, because it's been so long, is um, our, the successes and the failures that we had over this homesteading season. We tried a lot of new things, and um, some things worked and some things didn't. So we're just going to talk about our successes and our failures. Yeah, I remember uh, Stefan Subkoviak from Miracle Farms talked about when you get to your homestead to just plant a lot of different stuff. Because you don't know what you're going to like, and you don't know what's going to grow there well. And we've tried that. We've tried so many different things, and we're, we're zeroing in on some stuff that works for us. But with that level of diversity, and you know, we're still somewhat inexperienced. I mean, we've been doing this for some years now, but we've got a long way to go as far as experience goes. And so it, this year, just like other years, there's a bunch of things that really worked, and then a bunch of things that really didn't. And <laughs> Yes. And that's how it is, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, shall we talk about? Let's just start with our successes. Yeah, and then we'll go into Feel our good about ourselves. failures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in failure. I think there's things that try, that you try and they don't work out. And I don't think it's a fail. I don't think failure is a bad thing. Yeah, I don't have any fear of failure. Yeah. Um, but so our first success are the ducks. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Our our COVID ducks. It was because I had a lot of time off. We were like, let's do ducks, you know, and so we did it. Well we talked about them. I think we podcasted last in May. Yeah. Sorry we're the worst at yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing our podcast too regularly. But um so we got our ducks in May. We talked about them, how they were the cutest little things ever and they would just quack and follow the boys around like yeah. their mother and they were just Amazing. So it turns out they grew up and they're still the cutest thing ever. Oh, so they are just the boys go down. The boys spend. I'm not joking. They spend like hours playing with their ducks and yeah, carrying their pretty ducks much around. every day. <laughs> they, <laughs> they love them. They love the ducks and they're just so um, affectionate. It's just funny. They're just so. Um, they really bond with the boys. Right. And and then they're just so fun to watch them swim in their little we don't even have a pond or anything. Yeah. That it's might on be, the list. Yeah. But we don't have one yet. So we got a a big tub, you know, like that you would feed livestock with. And mm-hmm. so they fill that up from time to time and, and Yes. And it's funny because I, I actually met this woman who said, Oh, I've got ducks, but they're they're so messy. They're they so are messy. messy. And um I I definitely she said she had um an acre and I think it's anything's doable. But one thing that's neat for us is I don't, even though they're messy, we have so much space that it hasn't been an issue for us. Well, the big water tub is in the chicken run and the chicken run has tons of wood chips in it and a nice little gully. So you can empty the water tub out and it's fine. Like it's Mm -hmm. not a big deal. So that helps. Yeah. Having a ton of space. If we had a smaller yard, it might be 
difficult, but because there's so much space and so much wood chips, yeah, it's it works. But they are so so cute. Yeah. So, the but it was almost a historic failure. Yes, because so we went away and our friend was watching the homestead for us. And the ducks at this point had started flying and not flying a little bit, like flying in huge circles around the entire property, like 30 feet up in the air. We're like, well, Whoa. it was so funny because they would fly all, they would circle the homestead and they would quack so loud, but then they couldn't land. So they would, yeah, it was really pathetic. <laughs> they would like crash try and crash into the fences and stuff. They would crash into the barn and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, they just would crash land into, yeah. uh, into fence to, you know, tall fences or the barn or right. whatever. But it was laugh out loud, funny to be walking around the property. And, and once they got going, they would quack really loud. You see this duck flying around the property 30 feet up, quacking its head off. And it looked like it was work for them because I think they're they're bred to be um, meat ducks, right? right? So their their flying didn't look very natural to me. Well, their flying looked like it took a lot of practice. Yeah, it did. But we, okay, so we were going to clip their wings, but we look it up and there's all these warnings about a young duck has still has blood in the wings uh, as they're growing. And if you clip it too soon, they could bleed out or you could really hurt them. So we were terrified to clip their wings. Oh, never every, done this before. Yeah, every video said, do not do this until they're, I forget how it was. Yeah. It was some, I don't remember the time frame, but we weren't at that time frame yet. So we couldn't clip their wings because we didn't want them to bleed and die. Right. So we go away on a summer vacation and my, my friend is watching the property for us and he calls us up one day and he's like, the ducks are gone. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, yeah. no. And many tears were shed. Oh, our kids, kids were just crying so much. And so we were just literally just praying and interceding that these ducks <laughs> would come back and praying so hard because the kids were just, they were like, we yeah. want to go home. And we're at the beach and they were yeah. like, Yeah, Kristen told them to be like, how, why did you tell them? I don't know, you know why I told them. That was not smart. I, yeah. I think Vacation was not so fun for a little while. Right. So then it was neat because every day the ducks weren't home, the ducks weren't coming home. And then as we were driving home, we decided to pray a rosary for the ducks to come home. So we pray a rosary and I'm not kidding you. The very last prayer of the rosary, the phone rings, and our friend was like, the ducks are back. And this was after (laughs) days and days of them being gone. And the screaming in the car. I mean, the kids were just screaming. They were so happy. One of the great moments in our family life. Oh, it was such a happy thing. Yeah. And then we how then we, we clipped their wing, wings. Yeah, so as soon as I got home, I was like, this is definitely going to happen. So mm-hmm. we clipped their wings, and it was a piece of cake. It was done in five minutes, and nobody bled out. So And I wonder where so, they so went for four, three or four days. I think they must have gotten lost, and then they you know they found their way home. I'm sure they wanted to come home, because we have the grain here. So I so. like to say that they were right now looking for the boys, because they, they were used to the boys coming and That's a more romantic spending idea. Yeah. time with them. So anyway... <laughs> The ducks, we... Oh, and then here's the hilarious thing. So when Pete went to pick out the ducks, it was um, straight run, so you don't know if they're male or female. So we said, um, okay, if we have any males, we will use them for meat. Because it is a dual-purpose breed. It's a meat breed and an egg-laying breed. So we said, if we have any males, we'll just um, use them for meat. And um, we don't really have a problem butchering our animals. Right. You know, that's kind of part of homesteading, but... It no. Yeah, not These a guys chance. are we're not, <laughs> not a chance. They're officially pets. We warned the kids so many times that we were going to um butcher the males and yeah. then it was like none of us can do it. There I was, love having them though. Remember reading Swiss Family Robinson, they have all these different kinds of birds and chickens and ducks and geese and penguins and all this stuff and 
<laughs> for some reason, I, I always wanted to have a bunch of different kinds of birds. So now we're up to two. But I didn't know, know this um, dream of yours. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were. There it is. Well, our son, John Paul, is such a bird guy. He loves birds. I think I might have talked about this, but um, birds, like, find him, hurt birds, like... Um, one right. time there was a woodpecker that got hurt and he like picks it up and the woodpecker is like climbing all over him, this beautiful woodpecker. Right. We had a homing pigeon show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that's a real thing. Homing pigeons. Yeah. They have whole society. And so John Paul's like, look, there's a, I found this like, um, carrier pigeon and we're like, what the heck? And they have this like band on their, yeah. um, legs. So, so we let it rest for a few days and it flew on. Oh yeah. And then all the hurt, like starlings and stuff. Yeah. Not starlings. Um, what are they called? Um, barn swallows. Barn swallows. That fall out. I think it's natural that they fall out, and John Paul kept trying to put them, like, rescue them and put them back in the yeah. nest. And then apparently, didn't we get, he got mites well, the, or something? Well, yeah, the barn swallows will have, like, four babies, but but naturally they can only care for two of them. So the two bigger ones push the two smaller ones out. So you you can put them back in the nest, but they're just getting pushed right out again. So yeah. it's kind of one of those uh, nature is rough sometimes right and then you have a kid who's like this bird specialist and yeah and then yeah he's always finding these hurt birds and taking care of them and yeah um he's just he's my my bird guy right <laughs> right so we love having the ducks yes. although having a good setup for them is key and just having them the one of them they boys named them lecture duck <laughs> yeah. um and so it's always like yelling at the other ones it's so yeah, funny oh my gosh we're like doing a whole podcast on how much we yeah love ducks. okay so that's the ducks let's move on let's but move i really on. i don't know if i recommend them if you don't have a lot of space they no. do yeah they are they love to splash their water everywhere and yeah. all that they do backwash they like take in the water and then blow it back out through their bill and it just it makes it very oh, we haven't even talked about their eggs though yeah so their eggs um they are a little bit more difficult because they i really feel like we have the ducks just for like their personality and their yeah and for the kids because yeah. their eggs they hide them all over the property yeah. and so by the time you find them i'm a little uneasy about it because you don't know how old they are yeah well the kids kids search high and low so they keep good track of it but if we ever find a new clutch of eggs that we haven't known what existed yeah we're not gonna eat those the chicken eggs are so great i mean dogs like them i think we had this idea we were gonna eat the duck eggs but we really don't because yeah we just they're always hidden all over the place yeah it's pretty funny (laughs) but they're just fun pets for sure yeah so So um, we also did meet chickens this year uh for the first time uh mary's land farm near us which is awesome uh, had an extra chicken tractor, and so so we got it from them, and uh, and so we did pasture raised meat chickens, which was really fun. Um, and what we do like 30, 35 or something like that. We did we did a good amount of them, um, which was a really it was it was good, and they taste amazing. Um, the idea is that meat chickens you want to keep them moving around the pasture, but it's hard to do that because if you if you just keep them in the coop in the run, they're not going to go anywhere because they just want to sit around and stick their head in a pile of grain all day. Um, so, you, so you move them in this tractor, which is just like a nice enclosure. Um, it keeps the predators away, which was interesting because the predators definitely the first few days I had them out there tried to dig under it. Um, mm. But because you're moving it every day, they weren't able to do that. They, we right. didn't lose any of the predators. But. Right. There's this idea of like pasture-raised uh, chickens where you think of a chicken like grazing on a pasture, like a meat chicken grazing on a yeah. pasture the way. So egg-laying chickens are walking around all day grazing on the pasture, but meat chickens are bred to just grow very quickly, and they don't really move a lot. They just kind of sit around, so they're really good for um, getting 
eaten by predators. Yeah. So you really do keep those in a cage outside and then you move it around. Yeah. So it's also very good at repairing a pasture, which is interesting. So I, I had heard that. So I put it on a section of the pasture that was just not very good and needed some help. And sure enough, you would move them every day. And then 30 days later, the grass that was growing there was rebounding. It was so green and, and mm. it, it looked like it had really helped them because they get this huge amount of fertilizer all at once. Um, the chickens stir around new seeds and stuff. Well, anyway, that was really neat. Yeah. Um, and it feels like it's going to be a neat thing for us moving forward to be able to process the meat together as a family. So we can't do that with cattle. I have no interest in it. Um, but with the chickens, it's much more doable and the kids can get involved. And it feels like one of those really good life lessons where we get to really be a part of our meat supply and even even processing it ourselves so yeah and i'm super helpful <laughs> processing the meat chickens <laughs> you were there i was there <laughs> yeah you helped a little bit i'm such a helpful homesteader yeah it's great you certainly are <laughs> just not at all things i like gardening i'm not so much into yeah, you're the, the gardener. animal situation um i would say it's yeah my, yeah that's the boys thing. <laughs> yeah. But you're a great gardener. So. Um, okay. So the other cool thing we did this time around was it was such a great decision when we got our new um, chicks, our new egg laying chickens. We did not get a rooster this time around. Yeah. And I wish that we had done that from the beginning because yeah. our, so the roosters are really beautiful. They're really great at protecting the hens. We loved that, you know, romantic sound of the rooster crowing. It just made it seem so farmy. I love the whole like farm ambiance thing. So the rooster was a great thing in that way. But our greatest goal is for this to be a really great place for children and for kids to be safe, but be able to experience animals. And it was just not safe. The roosters are just so, no matter what we did. We've had four or five roosters total. Every single one of them was aggressive. Even though, like in the beginning, you think, oh, this will be a gentle rooster. Yeah. But then by the time they get older, they just really start getting aggressive. And so the kids... They wouldn't go, come after me, but they're smart. And so mm-hmm. they, they know that the kids are a lot smaller and probably more vulnerable. So they would, they would come after them and the kids would not want to go in by themselves or they'd have to go in like carrying like a stick. Yeah. They would have to bring a weapon near, to defend themselves. They'd have to whack it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it, like, why are we doing this? This makes no sense with young kids. Right. So especially our youngest two. So our oldest two, we could, we would say like the youngest ones would want to go down and I would say, okay, you have to bring your older brother and he's got to watch the rooster and have a, a rake or something to keep the rooster away. And like, yeah, why did we do that? Because yeah. now our younger ones, I mean, all of them will just spend so much time down with the chickens and the ducks. We keep them together and there's no threat of getting attacked. So you can, you don't have to watch your back the whole time. You can just be down there with the chickens and be yeah. safe. And the neat thing is these chickens are, oh my goodness, I've never seen such friendly because the boys are there so often yeah. and there's no rooster, these chickens are so friendly. They just, the boys will just carry them around <laughs> yeah, all day. They, they like being it's cuddled. It's so cute. And <laughs> they, they're just, they'll like, they'll come up to the front of the house and just be waiting for us to, for the boys to cuddle them. They really want to be picked up, yeah. <laughs> which we've never had before because of the roosters. And, um, um, yeah, it was funny. I was actually outside spray painting something and this, this one chicken would not leave me alone and kept getting in the way. And I'm like, get away. You're going to get spray painted. Get away. And so these chickens are just so friendly and curious. And we had, we actually got red stars. This time. Yeah. And, 
Oh man, they're the we there are and I don't know if it's the breed or just the situation. Yeah. But we're just having so much the boys are just it's so cute for me to look out the window and see them carrying chickens around all day. Right. They're big time, big time, um, really good egg layers, mm-hmm. which is why we got them. And they're really pretty. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I noticed, one of the key things, especially on a larger property like this, they say that some chickens are better foragers than other. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that really means is a chicken is a really good forager. It just goes really far away from the coop and then gets killed. Mm-hmm. So these are not really good foragers, <laughs> which means they still wander around the pasture and, and they're out there all day, but they don't wander to the far edges of the property, which, yeah. um, so that's been really good. Right. Right. It's really great. Um, so yeah, the, the ducks, the chickens, the meat chickens. Yeah. We're having, we're having good bird success. Yeah, yeah. Um, our, the other thing that we had great success with over the summer and fall were our vegetables. We like rocked out the vegetables this year. Yeah. So Peter built me these amazing trellises yeah. that were great. And the tomatoes, I couldn't even... Yeah, trellising the tomatoes seems to be the key. Because huh. we've tried them a bunch of different ways. And just having something nice and solid where you have good visibility and you can get your hands in there really well. And it seems to be key for the tomatoes. Yeah, but we... It was just funny. I mean, we'll, I think next year will be our little tomato roadside stand but (laughs) but it was just you know you can't you can only do so much but I could not keep up with the tomatoes it was just it was so many tomatoes it was such a great tomato year I made a lot of um tomato sauce that I'm freezing I'm not into canning yet that's another another thing that maybe I'll learn someday but I I don't know I think it's just as easy to freeze it so um yes tons of tomatoes they were a success all of my kales and lettuces yeah. were so great. And I'm so excited because yeah. this was the first time that I really did um, a good fall um, garden. So just getting my seeds in the ground. Usually by August, we're just September, we're just so kind of overwhelmed and tired and you know swimming in so much that it's hard to remember to plant new seeds for the fall but i still it's november and i still have lots of kale going yeah um so yeah that is huge you're flush with with vegetables and that's the right time to be planting more and it seems so counterintuitive that we hadn't we'd never done that properly before so i was giving away so i mean the zucchinis that we had the yellow squash the cucumbers it we have to like it's fun to just plant seeds and have abundance, but I think we're going to have to do some kind of roadside stand. Yeah, or well, the something. kids are really good at harvesting, and so they started selling eggs this year mm-hmm. at the roadside stand. And I was like, "Oh, that's cute! You'll sell eggs." And I came home, and they had made forty dollars in one afternoon. I was mm-hmm. like, "Wait a minute! Like, yeah. that's, that's like decent money." Yeah. And um, we're so we're already thinking ahead till next year and being like, instead of them eventually getting a different kind of job, why not just have them? sell stuff from our property and they can grow it and harvest it and and do really well that way yeah i mean we were eating as much as we could eat and it was still i was like calling up friends and just being like come and take this away yeah i can't even store this i mean it was just flooding like my zucchinis were just everywhere it's just i think one day we took like 50 cucumbers (laughs) to the chicken run yes the chickens are like staring at us like okay this is just gonna rot because (laughs) there's no possible it's not even a joke like yeah i mean i was making pickles but there's only so much pickles you can make it's just yeah you're like oh i've got a gallon jar of pickles this will be awesome and you're like okay that used up one percent of our cucumbers (laughs) there's only so many vegetables (laughs) you can 
humanly eat. <laughs> so I don't know. We Part of us, we just love to do things big. And it could be yeah. easy to say, like, let's grow less. But it's so easy to put a seed in the ground. And then our, yeah. our gardens are just doing so well that it's producing ridiculous amounts. The other thing... Um, Let's see, what our asparagus came in in abundance. I'm trying to think of all the vegetables. I love the asparagus. That was Mm -hmm. such a good idea. And you just have to wait a few years, which is hard. Because it's a perennial. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the idea that we're now going to have asparagus for the rest of our time on the property here in abundance is so cool. Yeah. And you eat it for, like, a month and a half, and then it's done. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I'm done with asparagus because I just ate it it every day Mm -hmm. for a month and a half. Yes. Um, So I think that, yeah, and then your sweet potatoes were awesome. I don't think we knew how to cook sweet potatoes properly before. Mm -hmm. They just didn't taste good at all, and so we didn't eat that many of them. Um, But this year we've been roasting them a lot better, and, yeah, we're eating them almost every day. I eat sweet potatoes every day. We have so many, and they store really, really well. They store better than the squashes. Yeah, they store really well, and then you can replant sweet potatoes from the potatoes that are left Mm -hmm. over. So that's a huge success, and I think um, we'll probably grow even more of those next year. Yes. Um, and I like the leaves. You know, you can cook it up like spinach. I like just eating them raw. They got a little bit of an interesting taste to them, but I enjoy it. So. Oh, all my spinach was so good this year. Yeah. Like, spinach was always hard because you have to really get that at the right time. It's a really cold-weather crop, and if, yeah. I think I always planted it a little too late, and it just never did that well, and then it was done because it got hot. But this year I got it out when it was really cold, and, oh, my spinach leaves were so big and, and delicious. Yeah. Oh, I, I miss I don't have them right now. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't do that right. But my spring spinach was incredible. Yeah, that was amazing. So, yeah, we had a great – I mean, it's fun to kind of – because sometimes it's easy to focus on, like, the things that didn't work out. But now he's sitting here and talking. Right. It's like, wow, no, we had so much – we had so much success, especially with the um, – with the vegetables and the sweet potatoes and, um, oh, the berries yeah. were great. We did, we have elderberries, goji berries, blueberries. That was another thing that it was like, I can't eat all this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't eat all this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The blueberries are wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the elderberries are really good. So we, I, I tried a, a few different kinds of elderberry bushes. And this is something as we're getting a little more mature on our property here, we have a thundercloud elderberry and it, it, it really just wants to grow branches. So it's, it's putting out tons of branches and very few berries, and the berries aren't that good. Mm-hmm. And then we have another one, a York elderberry, and it's this beautiful plant mm-hmm. that just produces enormous amounts of really good-tasting berries. So I'm looking at these plants and being like, I don't want them both. you know. Mm-hmm. So it was good. I'm glad I tried both of them. Now I know which one I really, really want. But next year I'm going to get rid of the thundercloud elderberry because it's just one more thing to have to trim and maintain. Right. And it doesn't give me much. And and now we have a perfect little six-foot-tall mm-hmm. elderberry plant that produces so many berries we can't possibly, you know, we, we can't possibly eat them or dry them enough. So. Right. Yeah, it's neat because now we're getting to the phase where we're seeing what what is working and what isn't. So even like we try to a few varieties of figs and right. um you know we're just kind of at the border i think of where figs because they're more of a like mediterranean thing right yeah subtropical subtropical yeah so figs don't Definitely do that well where we are but we have one fig tree that does do well and then the other ones don't so we'll get rid of the other ones at this point. yeah i mean we tried we tried a couple different ones that were supposed to be really hardy but turns out the chicago hardy is the one that's the most hardy mm-hmm. and it can produce a crop for us and then yeah. Like, otherwise, you just have these plants that are growing huge quantities of biomass, but <laughs> but yeah. doing nothing. You have to trim them every year. So. Right, right. 
So those were, I think those were our successes, but we of course had a lot of failures too. That's true. So um, You don't believe in failure. No, I don't believe in failure. Learning experiences. A friend said something really sweet to me. So I, um, I really love to decorate my house. So that's, and I'm, I'm like totally making it I was kind of avoiding the modern farmhouse trend because I kind of like to be different and creative and I don't like I don't like to Yeah, if, if you're unaware, there's a modern farmhouse trend out there. Yeah, and I, was, I did not know this until <laughs> Kristen told me, but But I was totally avoiding it because I want to be able to say like I came up with this myself. I I don't like to just right. copy, you know, other but people's We're talking I'm like, "Kristen, you want to decorate your farmhouse like a farmhouse?" <laughs> it seems to fit, you know? Right. Well, I I kept avoiding it, but then it just kept on Working, yeah. <laughs> so it was like this actually worked on a farm yeah. really, really well, and I really so. Um, and when it's out of style, we're still a farmhouse, right? So it'll still yes. Make I sense. mean, I feel like in yeah ten years, the modern farmhouse trend will probably go out, but yeah. this this will always be a farm. It will always it'll always you know work. So um, I've been really kind of just diving in. Got all the grays, gray paint colors, yeah. and all that, and it looks so good. It looks so so good, and I've decorated with. Kristen's all. a painter, so early on in our marriage, I would do the painting, and she would she would always want me to be painting something, and I would I, I could just not keep up with her ideas, and and at some point it's kind of like all right, I'm done painting, you know, and so she got frustrated with me or with waiting for me, not frustrated, I wasn't with, frustrated me, with me, with but you. she was frustrated with waiting, and then she took on the painting, and wow. It's like my hobby now is painting yeah. my house. So, yeah. um, you just never know. And yes, like a whole floor of the house will get painted. Mm-hmm. But right, and sometimes <laughs> I'm embarrassed to even say that I'm doing it, and I just <laughs> secretly start painting. But, but anyway, so in the beginning of um, in the beginning of COVID, I painted my entire basement, and um, I'm the kind of person that. Some people can get a swatch or maybe they can paint a little bit of a wall and they can know. I can't know if I'm going to like a color, unfortunately, until like it is all done and I know how I feel in that room. So I painted my whole basement. It took me, you know, a good amount of time. It's a fairly large space. And um, and then I just didn't love it. I didn't really like it. And it was all that work and I just didn't like it. (laughs) And and so... um, you know, but you try to like force yourself to live with it because you just painted it, and um, this was back in. I'm, I'm like half colorblind, so this makes no sense to me at Peter all. Peter cannot; he's no help to me. Half colorblind is that what you just said? Yeah, honey, no, you are so colorblind. It's so sad. Like he thinks. Yeah, I don't know. He thinks he can see color, <laughs> and then <laughs> I don't know. I see like a green. My kids had like this stuff. Which, animal. by the way, this is like a bad condition for picking strawberries. Yeah, because everybody's like, look at this bright red thing I know where to pick and be like I don't see the bright red thing yeah it's so sad because he's like I see color and then there will be like a bright red strawberry and he'll think it's the same color as the wood chips or there was like a green Martian and he thought it was a normal human he's like if I saw a person that looked like this I wouldn't think anything of it I'm not a great harvester because of this but okay yeah but did you say you were half colorblind? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the worst it's is not like he, I see grayscale. I see some color. The worst problem with the colorblindness is when he's cooking chicken. <laughs> this is like a real problem in our marriage. And he thinks it's done. And he really believes it's done. And I'm like, like, no, that's red. Piece. You can't eat red chicken. Yeah. Please put it back in. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. So back to painting. So I had painted my basement in the early or in late spring, and I just, when it was all done, I just didn't like it. I didn't love it. 
and I tried to like, you know, force myself to like it, tried to let it grow on me, but it just kept on doing the opposite. Like I just did not even really go into my basement because it just bothered me all that hard work. And I didn't <laughs> love it. Like when you work hard at something, you want to love it. Yeah. But it took me a long time to paint that basement. And then finally I was like, I can't take it anymore. I want to love, I want to love the house, especially in the holiday season, in the winter when we're going to be inside a lot. I want to love it. So I went for it this week and repainted the whole basement. And I was in like two days. Oh, it took, it took me like four days, (laughs) but still, but still anyway, but I was talking to my girlfriend and I was like, you're going to think that I have a problem because keep in mind, I had just painted my first floor too, the whole first Mm -hmm. floor. So I was like, you're going to think I have a problem, but I'm painting the basement again. And she was like, I don't think you have a problem. I love this about you. When you, when you make a mistake, you don't just live with it. You, you change it. And she's like, I love it about you. Yeah. I love it too, which is the opposite of me. So this is really good. We have you in our marriage because yeah, Kristen will, will do something and then evaluate whether she likes it or not. If I do something, I choose to like it, which, <laughs> which I, I think there's something good about that too. Maybe, I don't know, but, um, I will live with my failures to the day I die, you know, where you reevaluate, which is so good for me because there's an, any number of things we end up dropping in our life because they're not working. Well, you've been supportive of me too, because I remember, I remember one time I put in a garden somewhere where I probably had you put in the garden somewhere for me. And then again, I didn't like it. And I was like, you know, you just, I was kind of feeling bad. Like I should just like it. And you were like, we shouldn't live with a bad decision um, for a long time just because we made it. Like you said that. So, I mean, obviously there's some things in life that you, you stick with, but when it comes to things like pink colors or gardens, you know, you don't have to stick with a, you know, stick with a bad decision just because you made it. So anyway, I repainted the basement this week and it looks amazing. It looks so, so good. I just love it. It's so cozy, but that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is just, I don't, I don't see things as, I don't see failure as a bad thing. I just see it as a, I tried it. I didn't like it. It didn't work. I'll try something else, but right. um, yeah, we'll just. Well, and, and if, if you get to try a lot of different things then you find things you like, which is mm-hmm. the other side of it. Okay. Yeah, so, how can you know if you don't try? Yeah. So here's the life lesson in, in how it actually worked. We started a YouTube channel <laughs> and an Instagram account because we were going to be content creators. <laughs> sorry, um, everybody. We're we really were sorry. Have, sorry. Yeah. A whole brand <laughs> and a media nation or something. Um, yeah, we're sorry for those of you that followed us on Instagram <laughs> or tried to see our YouTube videos. Yeah. I mean, we tried it. it was they're like, okay. Yeah, they're not uh, yeah. the worst. No, I, well, they were okay, but we only did like two videos. Yeah. And then I posted maybe pictures. Yeah. for. But the thing is, guys, so I think those things are really great for some people. They really are. Like some people have just such a gift of photography or videography. And I'm not, so I'm not at all thinking that those things are bad. They just don't work for us. So, um, I just find that my brain like can't handle the clutter. Like I just, I, my brain gets sucked in, especially because I'm a stay at home mom. I think if I had a job where I had to put my phone away, like Pete, you don't have your phone at work, but like I'm a stay at home mom. This is a temptation to just check things constantly. I just, it just gets too strong for me. And I just can't, I can't really, it's too hard for me. And then I find that if I have a Facebook or an Instagram, which I do, I get on and off of Facebook sometimes because I like to check in with family that lives far away and everything. And I don't think it's all bad, but I just find that it just starts to become this thing where I just start checking it all the time. Or I start 
not being in the moment, but thinking, how can I, how can I get a good picture out of this moment? And then I'm kind of ruining the moment because I'm like, guys, everybody stop. Look at my kids get so annoyed at me. (laughs) My kids, like, I think we get along so much better when I'm not doing social media because I'm not trying to like, I'm in the moment. I'm not trying to get a picture out of the moment or, and then we also tried to do a YouTube um, channel, but that became it felt silly because we were doing so much work. There was one thing where I got a video of Peter doing the garlic scapes, and it took a lot of work. I'm trying to get this video. I'm trying to edit this video, and then I go on YouTube, and there's like 40 videos already about garlic scapes, and I'm like, right. wait, how much does the world need to learn about cutting a garlic scape? It's not that hard. You just cut yeah. it. This does not feel right. So we're not adding any necessary. actual value right. to the world by doing this. Right. I mean, some people do it and they do it really well, which is awesome because I love having those videos out there when I need to know how to do something. Mm-hmm. They're amazing, mm-hmm. um, but we don't need to do it. Right. And and anyway, we're having a hard enough time just keeping up with the podcast, which we actually love doing. Right. So. We, yes. So that's one thing. So but between any social media, whatever, like we love podcasting so it yeah. just feels like this is a good fit for us and it it's something we, it's, our, it's so natural we're already talking all the time why not just talk on record it yeah and and then i don't have to you know stop every moment and try to get a picture or a video so right. i apologize thank so it you it was probably like our last podcast or the one before that because it's been a while we unveiled the coming of our youtube channel <laughs> and- i think that we were going to try it. I don't think we really were that. Yeah, we were kind of no, like, hey, I'm, we'll, I'm kidding. we'll try this. And yeah. so that was a failure, but it was a so, try. Yeah. We tried it. It just didn't, it's not good for, it's not good for my brain. My kids get annoyed at me and I just would rather that not be something that I'm fighting. And, right. but it's, it works for some people, just not, not me. Yeah. And Peter, you don't seem to care at all about I love the media. idea of, of like a YouTube channel, just not the actual doing of it right That's the harder part. <laughs> yes so we will be we will be podcasters but not really anything else so. right right but that's great yeah um so not all of the gardens were a wonderful success this mm-hmm. year i think maybe we just tried to do too much but we had had a good amount of success with corn two years ago and so i was going to do it even better this year except it was a huge failure so um we have a whole separate garden that we use for corn and um so a couple things happened. It started to just get overrun, and I didn't do anything about it. So there was all kinds of weeds growing in there. The corn still grew up through it and was doing okay. Um, and then I let the cows into the pasture next to it, and the fencing wasn't proper, and they ate half of it, <laughs> which worked out badly. And then here's one of my difficulties, is I will do something. I will do the 90% hard stuff, and then... The 10% of the detail stuff, I just let go. And that doesn't always work out. So mm-hmm. I planted the corn, and I didn't write down the day that I planted it. And then it kind of just got lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't think it was ready. And by the time we then went to eat the remaining corn that was there, it was just so overdone. And when corn gets overdone, it's no good anymore. Um, like fresh, fresh eating corn, it just gets very starchy. Mm. And so I was like, oh, man, like what in the world? I lost all of this corn because I just didn't bother to write down the day that I planted it. So I'll have to help you with that. Yeah, I'm good at writing. I'm really, really good at, good at things that. down. But I didn't help you. I just kind of let that be because we're also good at delegating. And I was kind of like, okay, the corn is your thing, and I should have, you know, helped you remember to write it down. One of your strengths, Pete, is you can you not he he 
accomplishes so much. And I think you accomplish so much because you don't get like too hung up on like yeah, I don't details. get hung up on the details. But sometimes you have to. You got to learn wisdom though. Like when is it proper to get hung up on details? Because it's very necessary sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that's where I need I need Kristen to help me because she's much better at that. Because stuff. I'm so detail oriented. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. <laughs> no, I'm not. De- she's I'm way not more than me. So no, I'm not. We're both horrible at details. Like yeah, remember we're the like. We are the worst. We lose everything. I mean, we're really bad with details. That's not our thing. We're big. We're we're like big picture, big picture dreamers, big picture doers. But then when it comes to the details, we're just, I don't notice it. Like my friends laugh at me because I have some friends who are detail oriented and they'll notice what someone was wearing. Like, oh, it was that girl in that red shirt. And I'm like, how, how would I know who had a red shirt on? I don't know. I don't notice what people are wearing at all. I don't notice any details. So I'm a software engineer and I was at work this past week and I did this whole design. So I'd written up this whole design. I thought it was pretty good. And, and so I, I sent it to other people to look at it. And in my mind, the only thing that matters are the, the main ideas that I'm communicating here. And somebody wrote me back, this guy wrote me back. He said, did you mean to spell this a different way? I was like, oh my gosh. Who cares how it's spelled? You know, like that's how I feel. You know, be like, oh, I spelled a word wrong. You know, spelling and, is usually a great strength. I'm just be like, I'm so surprised. Oh, this detail really matters. You know, but anyway, if anyone out there, I happens, need to know when the details do matter, so I know that about myself. If anyone, but. I'm sorry. Your spelling is hilarious. If anybody happens to get an yeah. email from Peter and it's spelled like a seventh, fifth grader, I, like you know, your don't. spelling's bad when when Google doesn't even know what you're looking for. It's <laughs> very, very smart, and he's you are. I think you are just brilliant, but you're he's dyslexic, so the spelling can be um, yeah interesting. Yeah. And spell check doesn't even know what to to yeah. do. <laughs> It's adorable. It's really yeah. cute. I love it. I'm also bad at writing down when I planted corn. So those things happen. Well, it's all right. Yeah. Um, but part of that was we were just doing so many different things. And I had a bunch of time off of work. So we were like, we'll just do it all, you know. And um, anyway, that's just not even really possible. So Right. Um, I think so we had a lot of success with berries and vegetables and all that. But I think fruit was pr- like, yeah. our fruit was still struggling. Yeah. Well, it was... Yeah, we were thinking we were going to get a huge increase in fruit this year, and then there was a late frost, and it wiped out Mm -hmm. so much of it. Like, most of the peaches, all of the pears, we thought a bunch of the pears were going to be okay, but even the ones that survived were just damaged, and Mm -hmm. so then, like, a month later, they just all fell off the tree. The plums were... The plums were completely wiped out. Um, Yeah, so much stuff. So, that was really rough. We did okay. We had some peaches. We had a couple peach trees that, for whatever reason, survived. Mm -hmm. So, we we did get some of those, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a bit of a a tough pill to swallow that, that... all of the tree fruit, just about, you know, whatever, 85% of the tree fruit didn't work out this year. Um, so, oh, well, you know, we did end up with some pawpaws, which was nice. They flower later. Well, the trees are still so young, so I'm not, you were pretty discouraged about it, but I feel yeah. like, I feel like they're still so young and so little. I don't, right. I wouldn't expect too much of right. them for, out of them. Um, the upside though, is that the trees didn't spend any time creating fruit this year. So they got an entire year to just grow really, really well and get more established. So right. that is kind of the silver lining to it. Yes. Our orchard is looking like a legitimate orchard. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, the trees are big now. It's just, 
it's just amazing. It's amazing. It looks yeah. like a real forest. Yeah. It's so cool. It's fun when you're in the orchard with your family and you don't know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting lost in the orchard. It's so, so neat. So I told Pete, I was like, even if we don't get fruit out of this, it's a really cool forest. I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah. No. I don't. I disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the garlic got a little messed up this year. That yeah, was weird. So we had, I had done it. I had like fertilized it and done, done so well with our, with our chicken manure and compost and stuff. And so we were pulling out early on these garlics that were just fantastic. They're Huge. massive. And, and so that was great. And then I'm not sure what happened. Um, we harvested all and I put it in the garage to start curing. And then it ended up getting all these bugs in it, which was uh, I'm so glad we noticed. What do you think the bugs came? They might have already been I'm there. I'm sure some of them were already there, but then they were really starting to to mm-hmm. eat it. All right. So, yeah, the crazy kids were running around. So <laughs> Outside the door. <laughs> sent them back downstairs. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah. <clears throat> so, what, what we did is we just I just took the entire box of garlic, a pretty big size, and I just put it in one of the freezers. Mm-hmm. And be like, well... <laughs> Bugs aren't going to survive that. Right, yeah. So I think that kept it from getting completely destroyed, but now it's yeah. it's kind of weird to use. So I have to, if I'm going to use it, I'll defrost, just let it sit out and defrost it for a little while. And it's just a different consistency, but it still tastes the same. I don't know. It's not it's not ideal, but it's it's we're still using our garlic. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to work as seed garlic this year. I planted a bunch of it, but... Yes. Because so. um, they say you can do that, but it, it just looked like a different consistency. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to work. Oh, right. Well. But I think we we do have an expectation that things are going to fail. And we have a huge diversity of stuff here, so something's going to fail every year. And I know that it's easy to see people doing things online or whatever, and, and it looks like they have these most magnificent, magnificent gardens in every possible way. But I just don't think that's realistic. Mm-hmm. There's going to be different bugs and different diseases and different weather patterns, and we can do everything right, and the frost mm-hmm. can still get us. Mm-hmm. And so... That's part of having all of this diversity Mm -hmm. is the the more experience we get, the better we're going to get and the less failures are going to be able to affect us. But it's okay. I don't care if some stuff doesn't work out every year. Um, That's fine. And learn the lessons and then and then enjoy the things that do work. Part of me is nervous. Like, what are we going to do when it all works? Because... Yeah, like we were just swimming in produce. I guess we'll just have to have a side stand or something. Cause I would love to know what it's like to have thirty apple trees all be really successful in one year. <sighs> you just have to sell it or something, or give yeah. it away, or I don't know. Yeah, because there's make it into cider. I don't know, but it was it was so overall. Like looking back, it was a great year. We got so much done, especially because yeah. Pete had a lot of time off, and um, it was just it was a great another great year. It was a great year, and. I feel like there was this lesson I learned from parenting, and this seems to be how it is for most people. You parent, and when you're first learning how to parent, things are more stressful than they're going to be after doing it for 10 years. Mm. And you're going to make some mistakes, and you're going to think that certain things are important that 10 years later are not that important. And that's mm. the only way to get there is by going through it. Mm. We read all the books, and half of them were not helpful at all and wish I hadn't even read them in the first place. You can't learn it just by reading a book or watching a video. You have to do it. And it's the same thing with homesteading. And I'm really impressed by that this year is that there's still things that I'm doing sometimes that feel like they require too much effort and it's not working perfectly or maybe it's stressful or something. But I feel so confident that just to keep sticking with it Mm -hmm. and to to keep figuring out the little lessons as time goes on and and that's just what it means to grow in maturity and to grow in, in skill at something. So um, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. It's fun to, to be moving into winter and to start dreaming about next year, even and all the <laughs> things that we're going to do slightly differently about yeah. how to manage the gardens and the right. animals and everything. But it's funny because to me, so we started doing this five year about five years ago, and um, back then it felt like we were doing something so new and so exciting, and and we wanted to you know podcast and right. and share it with the world. And now to me, it just feels like normal life. It just feels like. It just feels so normal. It doesn't even. Sometimes I kind of just don't even think we're doing something abnormal. But I yeah. guess it is still kind of interesting. But I it, still get really excited about how to keep a proper edge in my garden without expending too much effort. I mean, that's it's <laughs> an exciting subject. No, I mean it just feels like everybody does this. It just feels like this is just normal life. I, that's what I mean. Yeah, it just feels it does. like this You're is right. just normal. So, yeah, everybody has cows. Everybody has a garden. I don't yeah. know. It's funny because it yeah. just seems so normal to me. And yeah. it's funny because our kids aren't going to know any other life. This is that's all true. they've known. Yeah, which is really cool. So anyway, we're still loving homesteading and we're still doing it. And um, thanks to those of you who are still listening to us. Yeah. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.